Rock Church, let's do it. Let's be all in. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand. Amen. What's up, Rock Church? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, everyone. How y'all doing today? We would like to say hello to all our people in uh, North County, East County, San Isidro, and going to be City Heights and all the people watching online. Our microsites, everyone, let's give, give them a big hand out there. God bless y'all. God bless you. We have a special day today. Today is our Commitment Sunday from, all, from our All In uh, initiative. Everyone say All In. Uh, we've been studying the life of Abraham for six weeks, and we culminate today in a uh, financial pledge for the next two years. If you are here for the first time, uh, welcome. Let's welcome all the people here for the first time. Uh, God bless you. It's a very exciting day in our history as we make pledges uh, to invest in our mission, save, equip, send, and our vision to bring pervasive hope and establish pervasive hope here in San Diego and beyond. And um, before I pray for our service, I want to pray for Paris and all the people and the families affected and our world. Um, our world is under spiritual attack. It's so obvious. Um, and we need to be very vigilant and decisive about who we are going to serve. Um, obviously, that's a spiritual attack and, and spiritually motivated and um, uh, we should not feel immune to that kind of thing here in our country. And so we, we, we need to decide in advance that we're going to hold on to Jesus Christ through thick and thin. Amen? Amen. So let's just take a moment to pray for them and pray for our country, and then we can get on with our service. Lord, um, we just pray the world would turn to you. And there's so many political and military and politically correct solutions to the chaos in our world. But we know that Satan is the author of confusion and chaos. So we pray that through all the drama going on in our world today, that we would bow our knee to you. And I pray that we who call ourselves Christians especially would be more committed to bowing our knee to you in advance of any trials and tragedies that we would face and challenges we would face, that we would bow our knee to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's all stand up. We're going to pray, do a lot a little things, things different today. If you can grab this card in your bulletin, grab the card in your bulletin. If you've been here throughout all in uh, series on Abraham, say amen. amen. Very good. So you know what today was all about. Today we are going to make um, our financial commitment that hopefully you've been praying about and is a commitment for what you will pledge to give over the next two years in totality, all that you would give, not over and above anything, but all you would give. Some of you have never given anything to the church before. Today may be the day that you say, I'm going to start being generous. I'm all in with my time, my talent, my treasure. So if you could just hold this card. If you're married, hold it together or you probably have one each. And we're going to pray over this card as uh, we hear a message and you prepare for what you are going to uh, pledge today. And again, it's going to be the, the total of what you would give over the next two years. Lord, we thank you so much for the last six, five weeks now, this sixth week, studying the life of Abraham, studying what it means to be all in. And Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak to people. You would challenge them as they are, have the opportunity today to, to pledge a financial commitment to your mission here at the Rock Church. 
I pray that not only will you speak, but by faith they would listen and obey. And they would know beyond the shadow of a doubt, this is what God's telling me to do. Not what Pastor Miles is asking me to do, what the church is asking me to do, but I feel this is what God is telling me to do. And I pray that you would make that clear to them, and I pray you would challenge them as you have challenged my wife and myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Give some person next to you a high five. Let's see your Bibles on three. Let's see your Bibles on three. Say word. One more time. Say word. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. First book of the Bible, chapter 22. Say amen if you remember being in junior high or high school or maybe even earlier when you had your first crush slash girlfriend, boyfriend. Say amen. My son is, my, my, son, my grandson is uh, like 20 months old and he has a crush. No, I'm not going to say the girl's name, but there's a girl in his class, when we say her name, he's, he blushes and he can say her name. He can't say my name, but he can say her name. I'm like, dude. But if you remember back then when you had that crush and you had that first girlfriend, boyfriend, and then how painful it was when you broke up. Can I get an amen? The world was over. Because that girlfriend, boyfriend relationship represented something very important to you. It represented your validation. It represented your worth, your value, at least in your mind. And, and it represented that you were lovable, likable that you were important to some degree, and you saw that relationship as a tool or a vehicle to your being somebody important and lovable. And breaking up was an invalidation of who you are in your mind. And it hurt really bad. Can I get an amen if you know what I'm talking about? Uh, five weeks ago, we read that Abraham was called away from his father. He was 75 years old. And God told him, I want you to leave your parents and go to a place I will show you, and I'm going to make a great nation of you, and I'm going to give you a son. 25 years later, he's 99 years old, him and his wife have no son. Sarah was 90, he was, he was 99, she couldn't have babies. God changes his name and says, now I'm going to give you a son, and he laughs. No way. Well, a year later, Sarah has a baby. She's an old lady, 90 years old, has a baby. He's 100 years old, has his first child by his wife. And then God says, I want you to give me that child. That child represented the vehicle through which God would bless the earth. The child represented that, the vehicle through which God would fulfill his promise. But yet God said to him, I want you to give that child to me. God tested him. A test is when you prove something to be true. The first test for Abraham was, has your perceived vehicle to God's promise become an idol? God says, I'm not only going to test whether you love me, I want to test whether you will surrender to me what you think is going to be the vehicle to fulfill the promise I made in your life. 
The test is, are you willing to surrender what you love the most? As we consider our pledge today, as we consider our all-in commitment, the question is, are you willing to surrender what you love the most? And it's not only your money, it's your time. It's your relationships. It's how you deal with things. And a lot of times we develop patterns in our life that become idols to us. In other words, I have to do this this way. I have to have this. I have to live this certain lifestyle in order to be happy, to be valued, to be important. And God says, Am I, will I ever be enough for you? And so what he says to Abraham, Abraham, you have your son. I told you I'm going to bless you and bless the world through your son. Now I want you to give me your son. And I want you to kill your son. And Abraham has to say, do I trust God or am I idolizing my son? In other words, does, do I have to have this son for God's promise to be fulfilled or do I just trust that whatever God asks me to do, I will do. And this is as you walk and as you make an all-in commitment, again, not only your financial commitment, but your all-in commitment with your life. You are going to be faced with a lot of idols in your life, things that you think you have to have that you worship maybe more than God. And God is going to test you and say, I want you to stop doing that. I want you to give me that. I want you to stop reacting that way. And just trust me. Can I get amen if this makes sense to you? Amen. So let's look what it says in chapter 22, verse 1. It says, it came to pass after these things that Abraham, God tested Abraham. And he said, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will show you. Abraham rose early in the morning. He did exactly what God said immediately. Saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw a place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship. Everyone say yonder. We need to bring that word back. That's a good word. <laughs> say that tomorrow to somebody and see what kind of reaction you get. <laughs> They're going, where are you from? <laughs> Abraham said to this young man, verse 5, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. Everyone say, we will come back to you. Abraham had faith. God promised me that son. God promised he would make great nation through that son. He's telling me to sacrifice that son. I'm going to sacrifice that son, but somehow God is going to deliver. I don't know how, but we will be back. Abraham took the wood, the burnt offering, and laid it on his son Isaac, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. Isaac spoke to his father and said, yo, dad, <laughs> here I am, my son. He said, I see the fire, I see the wood, but what you going to kill when we get to the top of the mountain? <laughs> Where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. And the two of them went together. And they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and the place, placed the wood in order, bound his son 
laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched out his hand and took a knife to slay his son. So his son, his only son, is carrying the wood up. And this is the son through which God said he was going to bless the world. This doesn't make any sense. And God is saying, I want to see, Abraham, if you trust me enough to give up the one thing I said I would give you. I want you to, I want to see if you trust me more than what I've given you. That if you trust that I will fulfill my promise in you no matter what I ask you to do. So Abraham put his son in the wood and he kept saying all along, God's going to provide. God's going to provide. Everyone say God's going to provide. Say God's going to provide. All through your life. All through your life, God is going to test to see what idols you have in your life. And he is going to test them by asking you to surrender them to him. And he put his son on the altar and he said, and all of a sudden Isaac heard, (laughs) some of y'all will get that later. Verse 10, Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife and slayed his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him and said, Abraham, Abraham. Like, yo, 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 wait, 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 wait. And he said, here I am. And he says, do not lay your hand on your son or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. You know the only way God knows you fear him is not by what you feel, by what you do. The Bible says the greatest commandment is to love God with your heart, mind, and soul. Loving God is an action. Now, it doesn't mean you don't feel something, but the action has to take place even when you don't feel like it. God tested to see what Abraham would do, not what Abraham would feel. And when God tests us, and he says, I want you to be all in, he says, I want you to be all in by what you do. Are you going to come to church on a regular basis? Are you going to read your Bible? We've had all in commitments where everybody stands. What change did those people make in their life other than standing up when everybody else did? What change in your attitude? A lot of times we think of idols as things. My car is an idol. My house is an idol. My money is an idol. And that is true. But you can also have an attitude that's an idol. When someone does this to me, I'm going to do this. Or you could have a self-perception that's an idol. You're always a victim. I have to hold on to that identity. God says, I want you to let that go. You could have a perception of other people as an idol. Where you hold on to these things as part of who you are and how you see the world. And God says, I want you to surrender all that to me. I just want you to hold on to me. Let go of everything. Let go of even how you see yourself. Because I don't see you like you see you. We talked about that last week about God changing Abram's name to Abraham. So when we make an all-in commitment, it's about saying, God, I let go of everything and I'm just going to trust your promises to me. And every time God tests you, you need to test him. Look at number two in your notes. The test number two is that is God faithful? In other words, whenever God asks you to do something, not only do you need to do it, but you also need to ask yourself, what does God do? (laughs) When we trust and obey God, does God bless and satisfy your soul? You need to test God. In other words, if God asks you to pray, you should say, God, I'm going to pray and then I'm going to see what happens. If God asks you to forgive somebody, you say, God, I'm going to forgive and then I'm going to see what happens. 
That's a very fair thing for you to do. Matter of fact, God tells you. Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, he says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me, says the Lord. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there is not a room enough for it. He says, test me. You should test God. Everyone say, I need to test God. In other words, God says, listen, if I'm God and I can't lie, watch me be faithful. When you pray, you should pray and say, okay, God, I want to see. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do what you say. God is going to tell you things in your all-in commitment. Do this. Pledge this. Spend your time with this. Go establish this relationship. Stop reacting this way. Well, do what he says and then watch what happens. You will be satisfied right here. Because if this doesn't work, when I say this, this, don't do it. If this doesn't change your life, don't do it. If obeying God doesn't make sense and it doesn't, it's not the best option for you, not an option, the best option, don't do it. But if it's the best option, do it 100%. Look what it says in verse 13. Abraham lifted up his eyes. And he looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So here's Abraham getting ready to kill his son. And God says, Abraham, Abraham. And he goes, what? And he looks over there, and there's a ram caught in the bushes. Now, uh, let's back up here. Do you ever watch Animal Planet? You ever watch, how many of y'all old people remember Wild Kingdom? Okay, raise your hand, Wild Kingdom. That, that was the show. How many of y'all do not know what Wild Kingdom is? Yeah, that's okay. It's, it's, it, was, it, was, it was Animal Planet back in the day. Old gray-haired dudes wrestling with alligators in the Amazon. For real. Can I get an amen? Love that show. Sunday night, I believe it was at 7.30 because I had to go to bed right after that. And then uh, Walt Disney with the little fairy godmother and she was ding and I had to go to bed. <laughs> y'all remember that? Because school was the next day. Have you ever seen an animal caught in the bushes? Never. A ram. I can't get out. I can't get out. I'm stuck. Please, that don't happen. When I, I went to Africa on a safari and we, had, we, we saw all kinds of animals. And one of the most amazing was elephants. They're huge. Huge. And these elephants are walking across the street right in front of us. And there was a wall of trees. You could not see into the trees. And the elephants just went right into the bushes. The trees opened up and closed right behind them, and they were gone. No lie. It, it was unbelievable. It, it's, a, it's a lot different than seeing animals in the zoo. Go to Africa. Okay? You won't mess with the squirrels. Those bad boys say, this is our town. Our town. <laughs> Don't get out of that car. I mean, they are mean. And for a, a ram to be, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. Animals do not get stuck in bushes. <laughs> Verse 14. Abraham called the name of the Lord, the Lord will provide. Everyone say, the Lord will provide. And then it says, as it is this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided him. And the angels of the Lord called to Abraham a second time and said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, Abraham, because you surrendered your son and you trusted me. Verse 17, blessing I will bless you. Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand of the sea which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. 
In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. And Abraham returned to his young men. And they rose and went together to Beersheba. Abraham dwelt in Beersheba. God did exactly what he said. He surrendered his son. Abraham surrendered his son. God said, I'm going to give your son a second chance. I'm not going to have you kill your son. And God said, now I know you trust me because you surrendered your son. And now I'm going to fulfill what I originally said to you. God has made a promise to every single one of you in your life. He has not made a promise to you about making a certain amount of money, living in a certain house, having a certain car necessarily. And if he did, that was just a minor step to the ultimate promise that you would walk with him in joy and peace and love and kindness and see him in eternity. That you would bear the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And that you would have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and as part of getting to that point, you have to surrender everything else and have no idols between you and God. And he is going to fulfill his promise to you as long as your hands are open with your entire life. Your body, your mind, your thoughts, your things, your attitudes, your perceptions. God, I surrender it all to you constantly every day. And he is going to challenge you and challenge you through your life to surrender your life. We were on the midway last week or two weeks ago with over a thousand of our leaders making a advanced commitment as we're going to do today. And people made commitments. There were 66 people there who made a financial commitment for the first time in their life. And in a minute you're going to see a video of some of those testimonies. But those people came there and says, we are making a commitment to God. And some people, God spoke to them to make commitments beyond what they ever thought they could do. As you watch this video, my prayer is that you would be inspired as you consider your commitment today. That God would speak to you about what he wants you to surrender. Knowing that God always fulfills his promise. And that your things your money, your attitude, your perceptions is not the true vehicle to God's promise in your life. God is. God's ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways and thoughts above ours. That we would just say, God, you are enough. And whatever you ask me to do, I will do. Because you're going to achieve your purposes in my life, your way, not my way. Can I get an amen? Check out this video and then we'll continue the service. God totally changed my heart to do this all-in commitment because when I first got here, I wasn't going to commit. My husband and I both don't have jobs right now, and the finances are just not there. And I was determined not to fill out the cards. And as he prayed and said, pray about it, and I've been praying about it, God said, you're able to buy clothes, you're able to go shopping, why don't you do this instead? So I'm all in. God is calling me to be all in with my time, my talents, my treasures. Tonight, um, I was thinking really hard about how much I would be able to give. And that number, God told me, no, multiply that by three. Um, and it was terrifying, it was exhilarating, and um, I'm in with my, my treasures now. I'm committed. I'm in with my time. I just joined a small group. 
Um, I'm in with my talents. I just completed the life growth track class. Um, so I am truly all in, and this program means so much to me, and I can already feel God working in my life in amazing ways, and I feel so blessed that I'm able to be a part of this. Uh, we've been looking at where we've been spending our money, and it was a big shock to us. So for <laughs> us, being all in means being good stewards of not just what we give, because we're already giving, but also being good stewards of the things that we keep and honoring God with not just our giving, but also the money that we keep also for ourselves. We're going to buy a home and uh, we're kind of tight on funds, you know? And uh, then we're sitting here filling out this card and I go, oh man, I don't know about this, right? But then I think and I sit back and I go, how about when you were tithing when you were unemployed only so long ago? And now here we are buying a home, so. So coming here tonight and focusing on my pledge, it gave me an opportunity to step out even further in faith going, okay, God, I've given you my time, talent, and here's my treasure. I'll step in, step out, do whatever it is you call for me to do and to be, because I know he's got greater things in store for each and every one of us that really step out in faith. So to me, that's what it's about. This all-in commitment tonight to me, it's like uh, God's just been tugging on, on me to do something more. And, I, and I'm like, I've been in for, been going to the Rock for five years now, the Point Loma, and it's like, I'm always looking for more. He's just like tugging on my heart to do more. And tonight, what Pastor Miles spoke of, just like, I get it. There's just so much more that I could be doing than, than what I'm doing. And I want more and more and more for him. There's no halfway. Uh, doesn't matter how many hours you serve or volunteer, how many time commitments you give, how many money commitment you give, there's always more you can give. And realizing that we can be all in because he gave all in for us. And that's all in for me. Amen. Amen. If you can do me a favor and just take this card out and a pen. If you don't have a card, just lift your hand up. Just take this card out. Just take this card out. I want to walk you through what we're going to do over the next few minutes. And if you don't have a card, just slip your hand up. And all the campuses, take that card out. Um, what we are about to do matters to you, to us, and the city. And we've been talking about this for uh, five weeks now. Six, this is our sixth week. Uh, for some of you, you are going to pledge potentially the first time in your life. Uh, you may be thinking, how am I going to make a two-year pledge? Uh, you think about your mortgage, your car bill, your cell, cell phone bill. We make pledges all the time. Uh, for some of you, God's going to challenge you to give way more than you ever thought. You're going to hear him speak to you. And my challenge to you is that you would obey him. Uh, in the end, after I go through this card, the only box that is absolutely necessary you fill in is the last box, the total. This is one number for the next two years that you believe you're going to give. All the boxes that I'm explaining to you are formula to help you think through those numbers. But in the end, you only have to say, here's what I believe over the next two years I'm going to give and my family and I are going to give. So we're going to look on the screen and we're going to walk you through this real, real quickly. The first box at the top is what you normally give in a year. Some of you already give. And so you could say, you know what, this is what I normally give in a year. If you don't give anything, that's fine. Uh, this is for you. This is your chance to start at, uh, at God's prompting that you would start giving and being generous to the work of the Lord. The next box is anything over and above that, your expanded generosity over and above what you normally give that you feel God's telling you to do. The next box is the, the total of those two 
uh, that you would give in a year, and the next box you multiply it by two, and that's what you would give over two years. For some of you who have stored resources, you have stock or things that you just have stored that's not part of your normal income, it may be even some material thing, you could add that to that number, and in the end, the bottom line is the bottom line. Here's what you feel God's telling you to give over the next two years. And so what we're going to do over the next few minutes is we're going to take a couple minutes to fill this out. And I'm going to pray for us. You're going to fill it out. And then after a couple minutes of filling it out, I'm going to ask you to come down. There's boxes down at the front. And we're going to ask you to come down and put your pledge in the boxes, all the campuses you have that, obviously. But for the next couple of minutes, I'm just going to ask you to pray, talk with your spouse, fill it out, and make your faith pledge. If you're watching online, there's a tab right on your screen where you can make a uh, all-in pledge commitment as well. And um, I pray that God would speak to you. There's some of you out there that God's going to tell you to do something that's way out of your mind because God knows what he's doing in your life or what he has done in your life. Uh, I, was, I was in the shower this morning and God said, someone's going to pay your building off. I was like, man, God, I hope that's you and not my, my pizza I had last night. Uh, <laughs> hey, if God's telling you to do that, and you, I've been told that many times, but I, I pray that's true. And someone would say, you know, I have the ability to pay this building off and I'm going to do that. And so we're going to pray and then I'm going to ask you just to take a couple of minutes to fill this out. Don't get out of your seats. Just stay in your seats. Fill it out for a couple of minutes. And then two or three minutes later, I'm going to come back and lead us in collecting the cards. Amen? Amen. So on all the campuses, I'm just going to ask you to pray. Lord, thank you so much for these last six weeks. And thank you so much for our church prayerfully considering and making a commitment to be all in. Thank you for all the people, the thousands of people that have stood to be all in. Thank you for the people who've already pledged. And Lord, I pray that even the people who pledged would fill this card out. That God speaks to them again and clarifies what you want them to do. And Lord, we pray for a miracle. I pray for a miracle in the life of the giver, and I pray for a miracle in the giving. In Jesus' name, amen. So just for the next couple minutes, fill that out, and then I'll come back and tell you when to come up and put it in the box. And also let me remind you to fill out your contact information, what campus you're from as well.
Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in people's lives. I pray as you speak and challenge them that they would receive that challenge like Abraham did. I pray against the devil and his lies. I pray that you would set people free to be generous and trust you and follow you by faith. I pray this on all the campuses as people look at this card. I pray they hear your voice and sense your presence. And Lord, as we come forward here in 30 seconds, that we would place in that box a faith commitment. In Jesus' name, amen. So for all the campuses, I'm going to ask you all to come forward. There's boxes in front of all the campuses and just put the in this black box and come forward and then go back to your seats and we'll worship and end the service together. test was to test what God is going to do. And for all of you who make commitments, I want to challenge you to pay very close attention to what God does in your life, to how he honors you here. He may do it materially, he may do it relationally, he may do it through opportunities, but pay attention. And I want you to pay attention to what he speaks to you. He, you may be driving going and God saying that you didn't do what I asked you. 
he may be saying, great job. But I want you to pay attention because our relationship with God is a constant holding his hand and walking with him constantly. And constantly him telling us, go right, go left, stop, go back. That is what our relationship with God. This is just one of those steps. And then it's also saying, God, when you tell me go right, I'm going to watch what you do. When you tell me go left, I'm going to watch what you do. It's not just, I'm just going to do it and that's it. And so I want to encourage you, especially in something this big and significant, because this is significant. Suppose you said, Lord, I'm making a two-year commitment. And for some of you, Lord, it was like, I never thought I would do that. For my wife and I, we've never made a commitment like this for us. And so I'm paying close attention. And my all-in has affected how I'm scheduling my whole next year how I'm scheduling my time, my relationship with people, my relationship with the staff. God has checked me all in through everything in my life. And so I'm looking at all that. And I want to challenge you to look at all that because that's what this is about. It's about you and God. And about you realizing, do I have an idol? Is my money an idol? Are my things an idol? Because they need not to be. And so I want to applaud you and applaud what God's going to do through our church. Let's give the Lord a big hand what he's going to do in our church. Amen. But I, I can't encourage you enough. Don't let this be, oh, here's my money. Don't let it be that because it's not that. Let it be, God, I'm going to watch you do a miracle of my life. Go to RFL and get a budget and look at what God does so you can make sure you know what God does. Because lie, figures don't lie. Lie is figure, but figures don't lie. And when God starts dropping blessings in your life, he wants to get credit. He wants you to say, God did that. God did that. God did that. Amen. Amen. Pastor. We're going to ask the pastoral support team to just come down to the front. Normally uh, at the end of the service, they'll be down here for anyone who needs prayer. And uh, what I love about what Pastor, uh, Pastor Miles shared is that Abraham loved Isaac, but he worshiped God. And the difference between the natural love was that Abraham had a spiritual love for God. When we, when we love spiritually, that's called worship. When we love naturally, that's what he had with Isaac. And God asked him to sacrifice Isaac to really demonstrate his spiritual love for him. And God honored him through that whole process. So uh, we hope that encourages you. If you're watching online, for those of you first time here, we have the giving boxes near the exit doors as we normally do. And uh, could we just give the Lord a hand for what he's going to do through everything? Amen.